As we said, you know, Baptists pretty much know what we believe as Baptists. In the New Hampshire Declaration of Faith of 1833, Article 4, concerning the way of salvation, we believe that salvation of sinners is holy of grace, that through the mediatorial offices of the Son of God, who by the appointment of the Father freely took upon him our nature, yet without sin, honored the divine law by his personal obedience, and by his death made a full atonement of our sins, that having risen from the dead, he is now enthroned in heaven, and uniting in his wonderful person the tenderest sympathies with divine perfections. He is in every way qualified to be suitable, a compassionate and an all-sufficient Savior. By the love and unearned favor of God, he gave his Son, who is God and man. Born to the Virgin Mary and the very image of sin, though he knew no sin of his own, for the sins of Adam's race. Jesus, being God, yet man, understood the weakness and frailty of man. Yet he also understands the righteous anger of God because of man's sins. Therefore, the only proper and suitable mediator to appease the Father towards sinful man through his death, burial, and resurrection from the dead. In Article 6, we believe concerning the freeness of salvation. We believe that the blessings of salvation are made free to all by the gospel. That it is the immediate duty of all to accept them by cordial, penitent, and obedient faith. And that nothing prevents the salvation of the greatest sinner on earth but his own inherent depravity and voluntary rejection of the gospel, which involves him in an aggravated condemnation. The gospel is simply the preaching, the teaching, and testifying of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead for the sins of all mankind. Each sinner is responsible for their own sins, and it is their duty to accept or receive this knowledge that God grants through the gospel. They must repent and believe with an obedient faith or a faith conjoined with obedience, not faith plus obedience, but a trust in Christ that is submissive to his will, that each and every one has the ability from God to do this. And if they fail and reject this privilege, they choose to pay for their own sin eternally in the devil's hell. Article 7, what we believe about the grace in regeneration. We believe that in order to be saved, sinners must be regenerated or born again. That regeneration consists in the giving of a holy disposition to the mind, that it, it is affected in a manner above our comprehension by the power of the Holy Spirit. In connection with divine truth, so as to secure our voluntary obedience to the gospel, that its proper evidence appears in the holy fruit of repentance, faith, and a newness of life. Regeneration is the process by which we become saved by God's grace. 
To be born again from above and to be regenerated is saying the same thing. Every penitent believer is a regenerated person. One becomes saved, number one, by hearing the gospel, which is the power of God and to salvation to everyone that believes. Number two, acting upon this good news by repenting and surrendering their will to God's will. Number three, believing, trusting in Jesus with all their heart, soul, and mind. The Holy Spirit operates on the heart, removes the sinful nature, and replaces it with the love of God. Every regenerated person then manifests the evidence of this change from spiritual death to spiritual life by walking in the newness of life with a penitent, obedient, faithful life in Christ. Article 8 of Repentance and Faith. We believe that repentance and faith are sacred duties and also inseparable graces wrought in our souls by the regenerating Spirit of God, whereby being deeply convinced of our guilt, danger, and helplessness, and the way of salvation by Christ, we turn to God with unfeigned contrition, confession, and supplication for mercy, at the same time heartily receiving the Lord Jesus Christ as our prophet, priest, and king, and relying on him alone as the only and all-sufficient Savior. Repentance toward God and faith in a risen Savior are inseparable graces. When one repents, he sees his guilt, helplessness, and hopelessness to recover himself by, from his sins by his own merit and ability. Then sees Jesus by faith as a Savior and turns from sin to God. When one repents, he believes. When one believes, he has repented. God requires this from all mankind. That makes it our sacred duty. When the sinner repents and believes in Jesus, God then gives the sinner to Jesus in regeneration. Calvinists teach that an alien sinner has to be regenerated before he can pray. Repent or believe in Christ to the saving of his soul. Some Arminians teach that an alien sinner must hear, believe, repent, confess, and be baptized into Christ for ace Greek in order to obtain the remission of their past alien sins before they can pray and call upon the Lord. Both these views teach that law sinners cannot seek the Lord by praying and calling on the Lord in prayer. However, Isaiah 42 and 18 said, Hear ye deaf, and look ye blind, that ye may see. Isaiah 45 and 22 says, Look unto me, and be ye saved all the ends of the earth, for I am God, and there is none else. Isaiah 55, 1 through 7, Ho, every one that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, Come, ye, buy and eat. Yea, come, buy wine and milk without money, without price. Incline your ear and come unto me. Hear, and your soul shall live. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord 
and he will have mercy upon him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Evidently, Isaiah didn't know that the lost sinner could not hear, look, come by, incline, seek, call, and return to the Lord before they were regenerated. The Bible teaches there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He said, Bring forth fruits, meat for repentance, before he would baptize the candidate. He said, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. John the Baptist evidently didn't know that a lost sinner could not repent and believe and call upon the Lord until they were generated. He didn't know that. John the, Jesus said, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. I said therefore unto you, ye shall, that ye shall die in your sins. For if ye believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. For John came unto you by the way of righteousness, and ye believed him not. But the publicans and the harlots believed him. And, when ye, and ye, when ye had seen it, repented not afterward that ye might believe him. The men of Nineveh shall rise up in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonas. And behold, a greater than Jonas is here. Evidently, Jesus didn't understand Calvinism and some Arminians that teach that sinners cannot repent, believe, or pray without first being regenerated. Peter taught that the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He said to him, give all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. Evidently, Peter did not know that lost sinners cannot repent, believe, and pray to Jesus to be saved without first being regenerated. Paul testified both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ, that they should seek the Lord, if happily they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. But now commandeth all men everywhere to repent, because he hath appointed a day in which he would judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, in that he hath raised him from the dead. The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, that is the word of faith which we preach, that if thou confess with the mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Evidently, Paul did not understand the false doctrines, that you must be regenerated in order to be able to repent and believe. By praying to Jesus in order to be redeemed or born again by his precious blood. God is immutable. 
He never changes. Malachi 3 and 6, For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. The very way that Adam and Eve were redeemed, saved, and made secure in their relationship with God is the same way that the last one of Adam's race will be saved and made secure in, in their relationship with God. God has not changed his plan of redemption for fallen man. Regenerated simply means to be born again from above. Webster's American Dictionary of the English Language, 1828, says in theology, new birth by the grace of God, that, that change by which the will of, of the natural enmity of, of man to God and his laws are subdued and a principle of supreme love to God and his law or holy affections are implanted in the heart. Isaiah, according to the apostle Peter, said, all the prophets gave witness that through his name, Jesus, whosoever believeth in him, Jesus, shall receive remission of sins. Isaiah taught that it was the duty of the alien sinner to hear the gospel, look to God, come to Jesus, incline his ear, seek the Lord, call upon his name, and return to the Lord for mercy. All seven of these verbs are commanded to a lost sinner for them to obey in order to be redeemed. All seven verbs are matters of the heart that God requires and has given the sinner the ability to do. He commands the lost to do it in order to obtain salvation. Isaiah is plainly teaching that God saves penitent believers and rejects impenitent unbelievers, and the choice is the individual's to make. John the Baptist preached repentance for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He asked the Pharisees and Sadducees, who hath warned you to flee the wrath to come? He said, every tree which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. He told them to believe in the Son for eternal life, and those that believe not shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on them. John the Baptist taught that every one of Adam's race had the ability to repent, believe, and flee the wrath of God to come. He pointed them to Jesus and said, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. John the Baptist taught that God saves penitent believers and rejected impenitent unbelievers, and the choice was left to the individual to make. Peter, Paul, Mark, Matthew, Luke, John, and every apostle and preacher in the Bible taught that the sinner must hear the gospel, believe the gospel, repent toward God, and believe toward Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, that God saves only penitent believers and rejects impenitent unbelievers and the choice was the individuals to make. Jesus, the Son of God, manifested in the flesh, both God and man, in one being priest, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. He said, except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. He taught that ye shall die in your sins if ye believe not that I am he. He told the chief priests, elders, and Pharisees that John the Baptist came 
to them in the way of righteousness, and they believed him not. But the publicans and the harlots believed him. John the Baptist preached repentance and faith in Jesus and an experience of a change of heart before baptism. The publicans and harlots believed John's preaching. They repented, believed in Jesus, and upon a testimony of faith, John baptized them. This experience of salvation changed their nature in a way that the elders, priests, and Pharisees could see the difference that it made, yet they themselves rejected John's baptism by refusing to repent, believe, and have that experience from nature to grace. Jesus said they would not repent, that they too might believe. Jesus conditioned salvation on repentance and faith. The offer was freely given to these Jewish elders, priests, and Pharisees. They were the elect, the chosen of God as a theocratic nation. Yet they rejected salvation, rejected Jesus, rejected God's condition in order to be saved and chose to remain impenitent unbelievers. Jesus said, the men of Nineveh shall rise up in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonas. And behold, a greater than Jonas is here. Nineveh was spared by believing the gospel, repenting at at, A-T, which is ace Greek, the preaching of Jonas and trusting in Jesus. Jesus upbraided the cities of Chorazin, Bethsaida, and Capernaum because they failed to repent after witnessing the mighty works that Jesus had performed before them. The people of these cities were offered by the love of God toward them the conditions that God required to be saved. Jesus preached this good news to them, giving them the opportunity to choose or reject eternal life. They chose to remain impenitent unbelievers. Jesus said that the mighty work had been done in Sodom, that, that were done in Capernaum, that Sodom would have remained unto this day. And Tyre and Sidon would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. By this, we determine the people of Tyre and Sidon could have, could have been saved if they had heard the gospel. Sodom would have been spared had they heard the gospel, that God is not changed. He has always required the gospel to be declared for sinners to be saved, that people have the right to choose whether, A, whether they choose to carry the gospel to the lost Lot was a righteous man at Sodom, he could have, or be whether the lost will heed the gospel. Jesus reproved the scribes, Pharisees, and hypocrites. They had shut up the kingdom of heaven against man. They would not meet God's requirements to go in themselves, nor would they suffer them that were entering to go in. They refused to repent and believe in Jesus for salvation, and yet they stopped others by opposing the truth to repent and believe in Jesus. By these examples, it is most definitely clear that Jesus taught that penitent believers are elected to be saved, while all impenitent unbelievers are elected to be reprobated. And the choice is left to each individual to make. We are Landmark Baptist. We adhere 
through the Word of God, basically the King James Version of 1611 for the doctrines that we teach. If it is in the Bible, it is Baptist doctrine. We believe and teach and require a thus saith the Lord to support what we preach and teach. We believe that there is one and only one living and true God, that in the unity of the Godhead, there are three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, equal in every divine perfection and executing distinct but harmonious offices in the great work of redemption. Each one of the Godhead must perform their special office in the great work of redemption in the unity which it is designed for a lost soul to be saved. The Father cannot do His work until the Son does His work, nor can the Son complete His work until the Holy Ghost does His work, yet they all work in unanimity. God has designed that the gospel is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth, Romans 16 and 1. That the gospel must be taught, preached, or testified to have the effect upon the lost world, Matthew 28, 19, 1 Corinthians 1, 21, Acts 20, 21 through 24. That the gospel must be accompanied with the Holy Spirit to be effectual in the hearts of man, Luke 4, 32, 1 Thessalonians 1, 15, Acts 1, 16, Acts 28, 25. That the gospel must be, be believed by the sinner to become effectual to him, Romans 16, 1, John 5, 24, John 20, 31. That the sinner is commanded then to repent, Acts 17, 30. That the sinners must believe, trust in Jesus with all their heart, soul, and mind. Then Jesus does the saving. Without the sinner's repentance and faith, there can be no pardon. Jesus said, it's expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they believe not on me. Of righteousness because I go unto the Father. And of judgment because the sin of this world is judged. So we see this by this that Jesus sent the Holy Spirit in his name for a spiritual reign on earth. He is sent to comfort God's children and reprove the lost world of their sin. By this we determine and know that the Holy Spirit personally deals with the eternal souls of all of Adam and Eve's race, granting them knowledge of their guilt of sin, their insufficient righteousness, and their certain fearful looking for eternal judgment and the fire and indignation of God's wrath. Because Jesus said, they believe not on me. The Holy Spirit is the power of the of the gospel as it is taught, testified, and preached to fallen sinful man. He personally opens the hearts of sinners that they can understand and attend to the things that are said 
Acts 16, 14. He draws sinners to Jesus who suffered, bled, died, and was buried and rose again. Jesus said, and if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. We know that Jesus sent the Holy Spirit in his name to do this work. However, not everyone drawn to Jesus by this influence of the Holy Spirit will be saved. Some will depart from the holy commandment delivered to, unto them, which is repentance. Others will draw back to perdition that fail to believe to the saving of the soul. You'll find that in 1 Peter, 2 Peter 2.21 and Hebrews 10 and 39. But those that are penitent believers see Jesus as their personal Savior and come to him. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, that no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus is the mediator between the Father and the sinner. To reach the mercies of the Father, Jesus must mediate between the offended God and the sinful man. When he does, the Father then grants godly sorrow to the sinner that enables them to experience repentance unto life. The Father then, by the power of the Holy Spirit, draws them to Jesus, and they are eternally saved. Jesus said, No man can come unto me except the Father which has sent me draw him, and I will raise him up the last day. All three persons of the Godhead must perform their distinct work in redemption, but remember, unless the sinner themselves repent and believe, they will never experience the change from nature to grace, or understand the new birth from above. John 6, 37 says, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and all him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. L.S. Ballard, in, in a book called Election Made Plain, page 40, says this. Rotherham's translation reads thus, all which the Father gives me unto me will have come. This makes the verse clear and shows that all whom the Father gives to his Son will have already come to him when, he, when the giving takes place. They come by repentance and faith and are given in regeneration. In closing this lesson, I trust that each and every one that reads and studies this will be able to grasp the teachings of each view presented. Anabaptists rejected Pelagius' views. They rejected Augustine of Hippo's views. And as early as 1120 A.D. before Calvin or Arminius, the Anabaptists of the Valley of the Piedmont taught that Jesus died for, for the salvation of all those that believe, and he is risen for our justification. Landmark Baptists still teach this same doctrine today for the salvation of lost souls. Though Armenians vary in their teaching and views on how alien sinners are saved, they all agree that the sinner must endure until the end of their life in order to finally complete, to obtain complete forgiveness. And only judgment will determine if they were successful. However, the scriptures teach that the general resurrection comes before the final judgment. In the resurrection, each one rises with a glorified body or a corrupt body. 
Therefore, it will be too late for those that depended on their own works after belief to be redeemed. Judgment determines the rewards of the righteous and the punishment of the wicked, not whether one will be saved or reprobated. Calvinists are consistent in their views. They teach. They all agree that God elected in eternity before he created anything that he will give a certain number of both angels and mankind in a covenant of redemption to Christ. That number could not be increased nor diminished. That mankind was elected unconditionally. In other words, they would not have to repent and believe in Christ in order to be saved. And that God in time, whenever he could get the most glory and honor in it, would draw the sinner with effectual callings that they could not resist and they would be redeemed. That he would cause the sinner to be willing to come and the sinner virtually would have no choice in the matter. In other words, man would be like a computer. He could only do what God programmed him to do. Baptists should never be drawn into either of these views. Why? Because Arminians' doctrine makes each individual their own savior, which will damn their souls to a devil's hell. Calvinists teach for men to wait till God does the work in his own good time, which also damns the lost souls to a devil's hell. So brethren, when you preach to the lost, point them to Jesus. Tell them to repent and believe the gospel. Don't be like the Armenians and tell them that God may have something else for them to do and, and they will have to be willing to do it in order to be saved. God requires sinners to repent and believe right now. Now, not tomorrow, not somewhere else, right now. Calvinists will just have the sinners to sit back and wait until they die lost without, and without God. So don't teach the lost to wait till the Spirit draws them. Certainly the Holy Spirit will do His work. But command them to repent and believe the gospel. 